You're listening to Through the Fire Podcast, where we talk about trauma, transparency, and triumph. Has a life-altering event left you confused, broken, and bruised? Guess what? You're not alone, and this is not the end. Join us as we discuss experiences with traumatic and tragic seasons, what we're learning, how we're overcoming, and how you can too. We're your hosts, Montez Dove and Cedricia Thomas, and we're talking beauty for ashes, y'all. All right, y'all, we're back again with the new season of season four, and we're going to open up season four with a couple of episodes that we feel like will be helpful for you as we're wrapping up just just this time that we're in right now. And so today we're going to be talking about this idea of poor fatigue. And I kind of want to share with you all how that came about. I was actually chatting with someone. We were chatting and I was like, hey, I feel like I don't really have anything else to say. And the more that we talked about it, they were like, you know, you just mentioned poor fatigue. That could be a whole thing. Like, and I realized that whatever you find yourself doing, that you may experience the experience in poor fatigue, but the feeling of not having anything to say may be a part of you not realizing that you are experiencing poor fatigue. And so when I thought about, okay, what does this mean? Like these two terms or these two words that I just put side by side, I said, what does this mean? And so for me, I started writing down what I felt like the definition of poor was, right? I didn't look it up. Although we are going to share, right, the poor definition on the what's provided on the internet. But for to poor, I put to care for, to teach, help, mentor, guide. This could be educators, medical professionals, parents, et cetera. Anybody who is pouring in some way, whether they're teaching, whether they're taking care of someone else. To me, that's what I meant. When I said poor fatigue, that is the, the idea of what I meant behind poor. And then I went on to say, okay, well, if this idea of poor fatigue, like, Dreesy, how would you define that? And I said that poor fatigue is the, maybe the exhaustion or the tiredness or the weariness that comes from pouring into others. And so I said, you know, a few things started coming to mind in terms of like tips, like how can we overcome this idea of poor fatigue, right? And the first thing that came to mind is to make sure that you have someone or something that is pouring into you. Because one of the ways that poor fatigue can come about is like, you know, if the pouring is only coming out of one branch or one aspect or one path. And so if you find yourself pouring, 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 but if you look at the other path in terms of who should be pouring into you or what is pouring into you, and there's not a lot, then that may be aiding in how quickly you reach a, you know, fatigue or why you may be feeling poor fatigue. So make sure that it's not one-sided. Make sure that as you are pouring, you are making sure that you are being poured to in some way. And it makes me think of the idea of, you know, you can't effectively and successfully pour from a, an empty cup. So you want to make sure that your cup is where it needs to be before you, or as you, I should say, pour into other people. And so I say tips, some tips. So maybe delegate if you can, right? And different people who are listening to this may feel poor fatigue in different capacities. So if your poor fatigue is because you're holding on to everything and not delegating it, right? Let's say we have a supervisor or a manager who's listening and 
Maybe there are items on their job that they need to be given to like direct reports, right? Or maybe there's a parent, right, who can delegate in some way or give certain tasks and or responsibilities and uh, to their children in some way. Delegate if you can. Like, what are items that you can assign to others? And the delegating piece, uh, some people struggle with it because you feel like, oh man, nobody's going to do it the way I do it. Let me just continue to do it because it's not going to get done the what you know in the right way or the way that I think it should get done. But I would say encourage you to take the time to teach and to train someone to do what it is, you know, whatever it is you're doing. And this could help them build skill or get a greater level of responsibility, especially if it ends up being for a child. And so never think that delegation or handing another assignment off to someone is like a waste of time. Like know that there will be the benefits in the future. It may be time heavy at the beginning because maybe you got to teach them, sit down with them, train them. But there are great benefits in the future, one, with helping you not feel as much fatigue, but two, it also will help them gain skill and and build muscle in whatever area that they're needing to. I said also, let go of the superwoman or, or superman syndrome and that it's okay to say no. And so a lot of time fatigue comes because maybe we're not balancing everything right in the proper way or we have too much on our plate that we shouldn't be doing in the first place. So we have to remember that it's okay to use the word no. It's okay to maybe say not right now. And so we don't necessarily have to feel pressured or need to feel pressured to always say yes to a thing. Maybe it's for a later time, right? Maybe it's for weeks later. Maybe it's for months later. And so ask yourself, are you supposed to be doing what you're doing right now, right? Everything you've said yes to, start there. Am I supposed to be doing these things? Do they all have to be happening right now? Or is there something that I can push back? Is there something, you know, that I can do at a later time? So on and so forth. And then as I, the more I started thinking about poor fatigue, some people may know like just what I do, right, for a living. The person actually that I was talking to was telling me like just the different categories that I pour. So I'll use myself as, as an example, like what I do at work, I'm pouring, right? I'm training, I'm developing quite a bit. And then aside from that, like I'm part-time faculty. So that's another pool, right, of educating students. And then aside from that, the podcast, that's another form of a pool, right? And then aside from that, it's like um, teaching or as a minister, right? That's that's another pool. And so recognize the different ways that you're pouring and be able to balance yourself or to prevent any fatigue from coming. And so you may need somebody else's lens on it, too, because like I said, somebody else presented it to me like, okay, look at all of these ways that you're pouring. And so as I thought about this idea of poor fatigue, it reminded me of this idea of compassion fatigue, which my therapist actually brought up months ago. And so I just want to share a little bit about what they say is compassion fatigue, right? Because you will find a lot of similarities. And some people maybe after hearing this episode may argue like, hey, compassion fatigue and poor fatigue seem about like the same thing. They may be just about the same thing, but just maybe interchangeable words. This is from American Psychological Association. And the article is entitled, Are You Experiencing Compassion Fatigue? And it's by Rebecca Clay. And it says, compassion fatigue occurs when psychologists or others take on the suffering of patients who have experienced extreme stress or trauma. 
it, it is also said that it is an occupational hazard of any professionals who use their emotions or their heart, and it represents the psychological cost of healing others. And so it also says when you do start to feel compassion fatigue, it can actually make it difficult to feel empathy for other people. It can also lead to things like burnout, which can then lead to things like anxiety, depression, or physical and emotional exhaustion. And so just want you all to hear some of those words and some of those terms, right, that are coming out as we're talking about even compassion fatigue. And sometimes this idea of compassion fatigue or poor fatigue can also come about, I said one, right, when we're not balancing our responsibilities or maybe saying yes too much, so it can come from that. But yes, it really can come from the type of work that we do. So it could be medical professionals, it could be therapists, it could be educators, it could be caretakers, you know, the list goes on and on of who this type of fatigue can affect. But another instance in which fatigue can come up is maybe one, when you don't feel like it's being reciprocated. So that idea of making sure that, hey, if you're pouring, making sure it's coming out of the, you know, the pouring into is coming in as well. And then it can be maybe when there's no recognition or no affirmation or no encouragement, that's where that can come from as well. So I wanted to share that. And so a few tips as we're going through this too, and then I'll toss it over to you, Miss Moni, to see what your thoughts are on this idea. But the article shared like, okay, what are some ways that we can do to get ahead of this? And so it said, okay, the big five, and we've heard this before because in previous episodes, of course, we've talked about self-care plans or the importance of self-care. So they mentioned adequate sleep. They mentioned healthy nutrition, physical activity, relaxation, and socializing. So making sure those five areas are at a, a decent level. And then they also mentioned, of course, you know, your self-care routine. I said having an outlet, have some kind of an outlet. For some people, that's nature. For others, that may be coloring or drawing, whatever that is. But they also mentioned practicing self-compassion, and that stood out to me. And so, because I know for me, sometimes I feel like, okay, maybe I'm never doing enough. Or for those like me who, you know, always hard on yourself, maybe that you need to practice self-compassion. So make sure that that's in the midst too. So if you identify with this, I hope you are able to finally put a name to it and to know like, hey, this is actually a thing based off of the work that I'm doing or based off how I'm managing my schedule or based off of, you know, if I'm getting compassion or if someone's pouring into me and hopefully you start to take in these tips or these strategies and ways that you can, you can work on, you know, making sure that the fatigue doesn't overtake you, right? Because it can kind of, it can come so quick. So hopefully these tips help. Miss Moni, anything you have as it pertains to this idea of poor fatigue? Yes, ma'am. You know, doing my research, I've come across some of the same things as you have. When I research fatigue, fatigue is a feeling of constant exhaustion, burnout, or lack of energy. It can be physical, mental, or a combination of both. Fatigue can affect anyone. Most adults experience it at some point in their lifetime. And it talks about for many people, fatigue is caused by a combination of lifestyle, social, psychological, and general well-being issues rather than underlying medical conditions. I came across some symptoms of fatigue just in case someone needs to be aware of what does fatigue look like. Like I said, fatigue symptoms can be physical, mental, and emotional and may include 
chronic tiredness, sleepiness or lack of energy, headaches, dizziness, sore or aching muscles, muscle weakness, slow reflexes and responses, impaired decision-making and judgment, moodiness such as irritability, appetite loss, reduced immune system function, blurry vision, short-term memory problems, poor concentration, hallucination, low motivation, you know, just to name a few. So some those are some of the symptoms of fatigue. Now, there are different causes of fatigue. There are medical causes for fatigue. There are lifestyle causes for fatigue, like the lack of sleep, not enough rest, alcohol and drug use, poor diet and lack of regular exercise, sleep disturbances, and too many commitments. Also, um, like Dreesey was saying, workplace-related causes of fatigue. You know, a lot of people do a lot of shift work rotating shift, long work hours, hard physical labor, constant change, heavy workloads, bullying and conflicts with bosses or colleagues. All these things can weigh us down. Psychological causes of fatigue may include depression, anxiety, stress, or grief. And the article is saying that fatigue can have a negative effect on your quality of life. Therefore, understanding the underlying reasons is imperative. It said that being tired is one thing, but fatigue is another. Noticing, you know, a person who pours a lot, they must be intentional. That's the key word. Be intentional about finding and surrounding themselves with people and things that pour back into them person that pours all the time, you know, that's their routine, that's their life and lifestyle, and that's all they do. But there are some things that we can find that pours back into us, some things that we enjoy, some things that we don't have to labor over. And those things actually replenish and give back to us. I've noticed that, you know, you must have self-awareness and you must know your limits. So that's why it's important to set boundaries, to practice self-care and make whatever changes necessary to escape any type of fatigue. And a lot of times, you know, if you feel overwhelmed a lot or feel drained or extremely tired, it would probably be a good idea to, to, you know, speak with a doctor to make sure there's nothing serious or, you know, maybe your doctor can discuss some things that will help you recover from this state of fatigue. So I got a little bit of this information from an article called Fatigue, and it was by Better Health and Victoria State Government Department of Health. So those were some of my thoughts on fatigue. Awesome. And so I know a lot of people, just for the times that we're in, maybe wrapping up right after a long year or after a long time of working on something or you know, trucking along. So we hope that this episode comes at a a good time for you to kind of check and say, okay, how am I feeling right now? And we hope that it helps you maybe identify fatigue. Maybe you didn't even realize you had or were experiencing such a thing as compassion fatigue or this new term that I came up with, poor fatigue. Maybe you weren't even realizing that you were experiencing anything like that, or maybe now you're able to give it a name. And hopefully you can start to implement those tips and uh, remember to give yourself self-compassion and to balance and to do what you need to do so that you can 
you know, have compassion or poor in, 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 a, in a healthy way. Because if, if you're not full and you find yourself in a working in an industry or an area that has a lot of poor, then of course you won't be doing your role or your job effectively, right? And we all want to be effective. We all want to be helpful. So we want you to know that we're overcoming. And you can too. Thank you for joining us this week on Through the Fire podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Through the Fire podcast. You can also connect with Montez at The Poetic INSP and on Facebook as Montez Dove. You can connect with Cedricia on Instagram and Facebook at Cedricia Thomas. Be sure to subscribe to the show to catch new episodes every Thursday and leave us a comment or review. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Thank you.